0: You heard this question last week. Why is it that so many smart, capable women who are so successful in the rest of their lives, struggling so much with overeating and weight, this is what we addressed in part one with our emotional eating expert psychologist, Dr. Melissa McCreary. And in part one, we focused on hidden hungers. So if you missed that last Friday, you really need to go back understanding hidden hungers when it comes to emotional eating is game-changing. You have got to grasp this, okay? Picking up where we left off, this week we're going to talk about willpower, and if Dr. McCreary could smash the word willpower like I like to smash scales, (laughs) this would bring her a lot of joy. What's our message today, you ask? That you don't need more willpower. It's a trap, and if this intrigues you, Stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction, Not Perfection. All right. Welcome back. I am so excited to bring back on the show, Dr. Melissa McCreary. Again, clinical psychologist. We have an expert with us today on emotional eating, which I am loving. And we're going to segue. We kind of left with a brief little intro on willpower the last time that she and I were together. So we're gonna dive into that because everyone knows that I'm the scale smashing dietitian. I have a I have a real passion around watching those numbers fly. And I have a little bit of a feeling that Melissa is maybe that passionate about this word willpower. Welcome back. Oh, welcome. Oh, we're gonna have fun. Yes. Yes. Do we get to smash All willpower right. too? Yeah. <laughs> sledgehammer both. <laughs> I'm dying to know why does this word like bring your shoulders up and make you cringe a bit? Oh, so many reasons. Yep. But let's
1: start with the, the big overarching one, which is I am passionate about helping my clients create a relationship with food that works mm-hmm. for them. Right. Not not a result that happens for six weeks and then they wonder how long they can keep it together. And but a relationship with food that gets you the results that you want and that you get you get to and you have to live with for the rest of your life. So you ought to enjoy it. Who wants a relationship with food that is based on willpower? Who wants to have to have willpower? Around food for the rest of their lives, so so I think that's the the no brainer answer to the question. There's there just so many more delightful, enjoyable ways to to be with food, Um, but the other thing is. In the last episode, one of the things I said was that we we always eat for a reason and we overeat for a reason. And if you think back in your life to the times that overeating has been out of control for you or has been a problem for you, um, you think about what we talked about with hidden hungers and the reasons that you overeat. Overeating tends to happen when we are out of bandwidth to have willpower. So you can have all the willpower in the world. I have worked with the most persistent women who can do amazing things. But guess what? There's always a limit. Do you want to be spending it on controlling food? Or would you just like to take your power back? And it will always betray you. You always run out and you run out at the times when you're most vulnerable to doing the thing you're trying not to do, which you have told yourself you will use willpower to keep yourself
0: from doing. It's a trap. It's just a trap. Yeah, Such a good way of putting it. Yes. I relate willpower a little bit with like energy and that energy resource that we have that we only have so much energy to expend in a day. Do you, do you look at it that way?
1: I think, you know, there's some interesting research now saying that's not exactly true. But as a a human being, I sure feel like I have a limited amount of willpower and I don't want to spend it. I will tell you, when I work with somebody, one of the first things I usually hear is I am so tired of thinking about food and weight and eating. And the second thing they say to me is I am so tired of this taking up so much space in my brain. I have other things I want to do and think about and other places I want to spend my energy. And so if that is the case, the last thing you want to do is set up a quote unquote plan for success that is, is based on, is founded in you having to be strong all the time and be paying attention to this thing. That's that's not a relationship with food that I would want to have.
0: Agreed. My clients say the same thing. Like, am I going to be thinking about this all day, every day for the rest of my life? And, and that's when they go, can you just hand me a meal plan? And, you know, as well as I do, I can, yes, I can hand you one, but you're not going to love the foods that I put on it. That's not going to be sustainable either. So it's always about that next step of it's got to be individualized and it's got to be sustainable or else, or else we are thinking about it all day, every day. right? It's
1: And and it really requires a paradigm shift. I mean, you really got to get out of that whole deprivation mentality of you know I have to be strong enough to go without and move into I call it freedom mentality that it and it's mm-hmm. just it's completely different way of thinking it's a completely different way of approaching your relationship with food and so many so many people listening right now probably don't even know you have a relationship with food because you've just been listening to what it is supposed to be and I don't mean that in an insulting way we're fed this through the media and through so many different ways that we're just told your relationship with food is supposed to be one of self-control
0: right and wow can that bring down our confidence fast when we think that we are lacking that self control which is another lie so (laughs) (laughs) uh, it, it almost sometimes to me feels like I wish I was with people from When they were little, do you ever get to this point where you're like, unless I grab this person from two years old and on, it's difficult because there's so many built in belief systems and stories that are happening along that process. I mean, obviously, you and I both believe that we can help people change, but when you have that conversation with the client who's feeling defeated sitting across from you, what's some of your talk around that?
1: I, first of all, I don't think it's too late. I think that when we start to realize, as you were saying, you know, thoughts are not facts. The way we think about our ability to change, the way we think about what has to happen and what we're capable of, the way we think about what it will take to stop overeating, those are stories that we tell ourselves. And I do a lot of training with my clients around, you know, let's, let's, let's start to listen to the soundtrack in your head. Let's start to pay attention to it. And then let's start to decide, are these thoughts serving you? Are you, because we do, we have this soundtrack and it plays 24 seven and we don't even know it. And if we don't stop and pay attention to it, we just think it's a fact. I'm lazy. I don't have enough willpower, right? I, I screwed that up. I need to start over. Uh, all those kind of things. And once you can separate yourself and you can start choosing, wait a minute, what's the story I want to be living, right? Maybe maybe you can reach your goal without depriving yourself. Maybe you can reach your goal without going hungry. Maybe you can add good things in instead of taking away things that you love, right? Maybe you can feel fed and nourished. So really taking a look at what you've been telling yourself about what is necessary to, to change. It's so empowering.
0: It is one of the my favorite conversations to have with people is giving ourselves credit for the things that already come easy. You know, if drinking water for you already comes easy, most of us don't give ourselves credit for that because, like you were saying, we feel like we have to be like hardcore. We have to be working so hard to get what we'd call a positive result, and the reality is. Some of it's already going well for us. Some of it already feels good. It's like the story that we're not telling ourselves. yet. We could be telling ourselves, oh, some of this is easy for me. So it's just interesting. The Definitely the thinking around it. You and I, again, we have so much in common, but this word perfection, you're obviously oh. on direction, not perfection right now. Does this word mean anything to you?
1: <laughs> it is one of the biggest ways that we sabotage ourselves. And it is so everywhere. You know, every time I mention perfectionism in a podcast episode, people just are like, oh my gosh, I can't, I didn't even know I was a perfectionist. I didn't think I, I, I'm not perfect enough to be a perfectionist. How could I be? But you so nailed it for me, right? All or nothing thinking is the it is the foundation of the starting over on monday's program right the the it's all ruined and now i've blown it and so i need to just go eat the rest of the brownies because i'm going to have to start over uh, when the next full moon is or next year or right after vacation i'm, I'm going oh i'm going on vacation so i just we'll we'll think about this afterwards if you think about your own eating If you're somebody who is not happy with your eating, if you think about your own eating, think about the amount of eating that happens after that moment where you you decided it's all ruined. And that moment when you start again, I, I, I have a theory that I don't know how to measure, but I have a theory that that is where most weight gain happens for women. It's in that perfection zone.
0: I absolutely agree. And I think it goes back to diet mentality. And, you know, back in the days when people started to do the diet and they fell off. And so we have diet playing into it. And then we have, well, if I wasn't perfect this week, then I'm going to say, screw it. Sorry, hard language there, but screw it. And then I'm going to just wait until motivation hits me again. And so there becomes these like lapses in between when we're functioning with those goals and the habits that are working for us. And then the fall off, right. It's that
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just frustrating. I talk a lot with my members and my membership about resiliency, that if we can just be more resilient and get back to it faster without taking, like, I love your full moon till the next full moon <laughs> happens.
1: So, you know, so t- t- until the stars are aligned, right? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. and there's another piece. This is so important. I'm so glad that you talk about this because we can't talk about perfectionism enough. I do a five-day workshop series periodically that I offer to people where I kind of teach the framework for freedom from overeating. And there's an entire session that's devoted to perfectionism because there there's so many pieces to it. One is how you can trip yourself up with this all or nothing thinking about succeeding but we also develop these perfectionistic ideas about our results. So if this happens. First of all, I don't deserve I don't deserve any of the good things until I have achieved my result, which is how we develop more hidden hungers that end up leading to overeating. But then, when I achieve this result, when I get this magic number on the scale, somehow The skies will open up and unicorns will start dancing behind me and the flowers will all bloom and I will never have a fight with my boss again. And I will, you know, my children will never disappoint me and I will never struggle with the things that I struggle with. All my hidden hungers will disappear is basically perfectionist thinking, right? I won't have stress. I won't get to the end of my bandwidth. I will never be exhausted. And it's a setup. It is such a setup from all directions for being happy and content and also for changing your eating.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Recipe for, I, well, you and I have both seen clients hit the magic number and they're like, didn't feel like how I thought it was going to feel. Now I kind of want to lose no. five more pounds. You know, That's there's cool. always the next, we keep pushing that measuring stick back to a new level, which is, oh. I don't know what, with perfectionism, I I love that you have a whole, whole class around this and tell us really fast. How often do you put on these workshops?
1: Uh, Every few months, it's a five day workshop. I go live every day with a new piece of training and what you get the training, but also an action item for the day, right? Break it down into simple steps because that is the other part about perfectionism, right? Everything has to change. I have to overhaul my life. I have to clean out my kitchen. I have to, no. Mm -hmm. One thing, here's one thing that you can do today to start shifting things in another direction. And part of that is starting to focus on what is working. What are my strengths? How can I how can I blend those into this area of my life because all of you listening are doing incredible things in other places in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the strengths, you have the talents, you have the abilities.
0: Right? Yeah. Right. And just shifting that belief system in yourself that you can do this too. Yeah. This is, I wanted to give a quick example of where I see perfectionism happen and this is why the scale really bothers me is that I can sit across from somebody and they can tell me I have moved more than I have ever moved. I'm up to 10,000 steps. I used to sit at 5,000. I ate dinner in three times last week. I drank my water and I reduced my diet Coke down by two. And then they step on that scale and sometimes it's maintenance. Sometimes it's even two pound weight loss, but they were hoping for five and then you lose them and they feel like, I'm a failure. This isn't working for me. And all I can ever think about is can you imagine if you just kept going with those action steps, yeah. stacking those actions like you're talking about? If we continued with those, where what would it look like in a year? But that's a perfectionism going, nope, you're done. Start over.
1: And we are hardwired for that. That is one of the reasons that it's so important to understand the psychology behind change and behind overeating. Our brains, unless we really work at it, do not take in. Um, the good. We do not take in the wins. There's a psychologist named Rick Hansen, and he says that your brain is Velcro for the bad and Teflon for the good, right? Our brain evolved to protect us from danger. And so our brain is on hyper, you know, we don't want to get eaten by a lion. So if something is bad or dangerous, or if we fail to do something, or if we let the fire go out, our brain needs to register that. But unless we really work on it, we don't see all those amazing things we do. I, I laugh with my clients because one of the things we do in Your Missing Piece is we really are deliberate about noticing the wins. And oftentimes, people will make these lists of all these things that have changed, like the example that you gave, and three-quarters of the way down the list will be some amazing thing. Like, you know, I used to binge every night, and I haven't binged in four months. Oh, I didn't realize that till I started to make this list. I mean, I've literally had people write that on the list. I didn't even know until I started, and it's like number twelve, right? Um, we <laughs> perfectionism keeps us from feeling like we're getting anywhere, and and if until we decide I'm I, I'm going to see it when it comes up, and I'm just going to keep pushing it to the side and let the winds count. You can't create momentum if you're not letting yourself see that you're not getting anywhere.
0: I totally agree. And that was going to be my question, but you already hit it. Like, oh. how do you have people acknowledge their wins? And it's really about kind of journaling or saying it out loud. Do you do anything else with individuals to bring that to highlight it?
1: I Well, people feel really silly, but... And I think it is really important. We need to let our bodies feel the win. You know, this is universal, the like putting your arms in the air. And when you cross the finish line and they've done research, it's it's a cross culturally. That's what people do intuitively when they have a success. So really letting yourself take the pose, take a bow, do, have a dance party for yourself. Like I did something good. That is not a part of what most people have been taught to embrace when it comes to changing their eating, unless it's some silly arbitrary number on the scale that you really can't control. Right? Right. If you think of sodium and water and hormones, and it's not a direct correlation to your behavior.
0: I love that there's research backing this. And thank you for saying that. And I think that if we allow ourselves just to have a little more fun in the process, I mean to woohoo to, you know, like you said, throw the arms up, enjoy it, enjoy the process because we're in it for a while. So enjoy it. We're in it forever. We're in it forever. People often say, I wish
1: I didn't have to eat because if I didn't have to eat, I could just be done with this. Why would we want that? We do have to eat and we get to eat for the rest of our lives. Make the goal that you
0: want to love it. Right. It can be enjoyable. Yes, that's a great goal. I love that. You know, I wanted to walk through this example of perfectionism too. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. ever done this with your clients, but... I have mine write out what a perfect day. Like, when would you give yourself credit? Can you please write down everything that needs to happen in your day in order to say, yes, check mark? And what's so interesting is the day's obnoxious. You know, it's like, wake up at five, hit the treadmill, maybe right in the morning before I go to work. And then when I go to work, I I packed my lunch, I brought healthy snacks. And then on my way home from work, I avoid fast food and I cook a healthy dinner and the kids and I run around. I mean, and you're like, could anyone sustain that for even longer than four days? (laughs) And normally the answer is no. And that's kind of another aha of like, oh, I'm fighting for something that's totally unrealistic. I do
1: it with, we spend time in the Missing Peace program with your future self. Because what Mm. happens when people talk about, you know, my future self is she's perfect with the unicorns in the background, right? No, she's not. And so what's really helpful is instead of thinking about how perfect life will be, what does your future self who's arrived at her goal or who has the relationship with food that you want, what does she do when her boss pisses her off? right? Mm -hmm. What does she do when um, all her plans get thrown out the door and she didn't get to the grocery store and she's exhausted and she's cranky? What does she do? This perfectionism, this idea of that we will be perfect and that we have to be perfect is so insidious. So what is your unstoppable self? That's what we call it. What does your unstoppable self do on that no good, very bad day? The worst day. of What does she do? How does she show
0: up for herself? I could keep asking questions all day, but what am I not asking you that I should be?
1: But I think the point that I think is important to make is that if you don't like your relationship with food, my guess is my educated guess is that you've probably also lost the connection with your own personal power in your relationship with food. And We haven't talked about that by name, really, in this interview, but we have been talking about it and, you know, taking your power back and feeling powerful and feeling like you get to be in charge of your choices and that you don't have to fit yourself into this perfectionistic mold or somebody else's food plan um, or somebody else's way of doing something that you're not going to be able to sustain because it's not you and then it won't be perfect Taking your power back is so important. And I guess knowing that that power is possible is really, really, really important. And I think it's a message women don't hear enough.
0: I could not agree more. What I'm thinking as we kind of progress on here, I love tangible takeaway steps. And I've been really working on making this year of podcasting a little more coaching oriented. So I feel like as our listeners leave us today and they go, what is the next actionable step I take? I hear your quiz is one of them. So let's walk mm-hmm. through your quiz, your free event. And if somebody was interested in checking out your program that we keep talking about.
1: Yeah. So the best place to find all of those things, is it too much on her plate? T-O-O, too much on her plate. Um, the quiz is where you find out what your hidden hungers are and that you don't have to worry about having all of them, but where one strategic place is to start and what your first action step is. Totally free. You can take that. It'll take you, I don't know, two minutes to do that and get your results and your resources. Um, Once a quarter, I do a free five-day workshop, the Freedom from Overeating Workshop Series for Smart, Busy Women. I think you can probably share the link to that. And we offer that once a quarter. So, When you sign up, you'll either get put on the wait list for the next event, or it'll be happening when you sign up. And the program is called Your Missing Piece. And that's a coaching program where I work with a small group of women over six months to step outside of that deprivation model and to create your own freedom model, which is unique to everybody, but to create a relationship with food that you want to have so that you have the momentum to maintain forever because it feeds you back instead of you trying to control yourself and control it and control everything else, which you probably are done with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I am going to encourage our listeners today to take one of those actionable steps, just go check out her website or take the quiz or me personally, I'm going to hang out as well in your podcast space And start working my way through your topics. And I'm going to encourage my audience to do that as well, because I know a lot of you come to me with emotional eating questions. So man, to plug in this motivation and your wisdom, Dr. McCreary, if somebody could show up to your podcast and just every time they need a little motivation, a little more insight, start there, be the fly on the wall of the conversations that you're having and I have to look at your too much on our plate is the name of your podcast. Correct. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. Too much. We all have too much on our plates, right? <laughs> so perfect. Yes. Yes. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for a great conversation. Thank you for joining me today. If this topic served any purpose for you, or you can picture that exact person who needed this, I'm always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2023 the year that we are going to pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also always appreciate it when you leave a review on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open-minded to new information, keeping an open mind to the idea that our journey will look different now, five years from now slow and steady y'all. It's not always instant gratification and not always that exciting, but a much gentler and redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all the years and every season of life. Cheers to health and happiness.